Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend and coach. Here we are in February, John Frosty the Snowman Opaluski. How are you, coach? <laughs> oh, Jim, I'm doing good. It's good to be with good. you. Excited to record today. Yeah, right on. Speaking of February, there's something we have, the farther north you go, the more prevalent it is called seasonal affective disorder or SAD. Um, yeah. That Really, this time of year starts to become a grind. And this is not just for people that have some sort of a, a vitamin D deficiency. This is a legitimate uh, a legitimate thing. It's a, it's a dragon to slay. I know that today yeah. you're going to help us think through some things. So why don't you, why don't you get us rolling here, Coach? What, what, what do you have for us today? Sure. So we're going to, Ninja, this kind of launches us off into, I think, seven weeks. Uh, we're going to, we're going to help try to help leaders through the teeth of winter here in the uh, upper Midwest in the, in the cold regions of the country. Um, yeah. uh, you know, we, um, we know what's going on in terms of the statistics, right? We, Jim, we've, we've talked about these yeah. many times. You know, the CDC came out in July 2020. And said that one in four young adults in America, ages 18 to 24, were contemplating suicide due primarily to the pandemic, which was a, a, a yeah. 300% increase over the year prior. Um, later that year in, in 2020, in December, the CDC reported another stunner uh, that the percentage of Americans reporting depression symptoms during the pandemic spiked to 42%. The year prior, uh, in 2019 of December, it was 9%. So think about just the hockey stick growth of these uh, yeah. these two uh, issues, suicidal ideation, depression, which often go together. Um, sure. And unfortunately, the depression rate for pastors is even higher than that. Wow, uh, really? Yeah, Barna reported, I believe... Uh, the same time, around the same time that the 42% stat came out for the general population as it relates to depression, that pastors were suffering 50% rate of wow. depression. Wow. And so one out of every two pastors, this is now the senior pastors, youth pastors, just pastors uh, I, in their title. Well, I think the stats are for uh, lead pastors. Uh, yeah. But my experience has been that there's not much of a drop off. Uh, of right. the rate, even with associate uh, pastors as well, because they're, you know, they're under duress as well. Not maybe the same as lead pastors, but they are. Um, sure. So this month of February, and I think bleeding into March, and I'm pretty sure we will bleed into March, we want to unpack together yeah. four behaviors that we believe will help leaders get and stay healthy, uh, oh. primarily mentally and emotionally well. Um, and, you know, that should be good news right out of the gate, right? It's not 40 yeah. behaviors we're going to talk about. We're just going to talk about four. <laughs> I was overwhelmed with getting better. It was depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. I, we, had an article, we had an article sent to me one time, and it said 48 reasons you might be dealing with anxiety. And I thought <laughs> the title is anxiety producing, you know? Right. I went no, yeah. I went no further with that wow. article. No. <laughs> so we're going to only talk about four and and today okay. and i think uh next week uh we'll we'll take two pods jim to talk about this first behavior and that's becoming your yeah. own best friend 
Now, Love it. Huge. I know this, that most leaders, not most, but many leaders hear that and immediately their mind goes to, that sounds selfish. That sounds self-serving. Mm-hmm. That doesn't nope. sound like Jesus. I'm done listening. It, please just listen through the end of this podcast and hopefully we can help yeah. you think a different way. Um, I believe this, that our capacity to love others is directly related to the degree we love ourselves. I, I, and I believe that for a long time now. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I know that can come off as self, selfish, but let me assure you that it's quite biblical. In uh, Matthew chapter 22, a Pharisee asked Jesus, what's the what's the most important yeah. commandment in the law? And Jesus didn't even flinch. He didn't think about it. Yeah. He he had the answer right at the tip of his tongue. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul right. and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as it's yourself. As Right. Now, I'm assuming that everybody who's listening, and maybe this isn't a good assumption, uh, has a passionate, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make that assumption that you already have that in place. You're already nurturing that part of your world because we know that that relationship, Jim, is the anchor, right, for everything right. in our right. lives, especially when it comes to our mental yes. and emotional well-being. But there is a word in that passage, and it's the second to the last word in that passage, and it's the word as a s. Yeah, and it's yeah. a connector word in Greek, and it means in the same manner as so jesus says look you need to love god with everything inside of you wholeheartedly and you need to love your neighbor but to but you also need to learn how to love yourself to be your own best friend yeah and i and you think you read that and you think well why would he do that right why would he do that? I think because he knows the more we get that third part of the great commandment right, the easier it is to actually do the second part of the great commandment. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Our yeah. neighbor. So I want to stop. Give me some feedback on that, Jim. Well, yeah, I I have to, re, I have to love God and receive his love, right? I mean, it, it, we talk about win-win relationships. That's one of the core values. Uh, converge as women relationships. We we didn't create that term. I mean that that's a biblical that's a that's those words describe a biblical dynamic where where God loves us and we love him back. That's a win-win relationship. Um so once we accept the fact that we're loved, you you think then the very next thing would be to be loving. If we're forgiven, yes. we should be forgiving. If we're believed in, we should believe in others, right? It just it seems like Yes. Like that would be a natural understanding of kind of inhaling the kingdom and exhaling the king. Um, yep. And, and I, I, I see this completely. So if, if I am, if I, if I don't love me the way God loves me, I'm telling God through my actions that he's wrong for loving mm-hmm. me the way that he does. Wow. And in doing so, what's going to happen is I'm going to start looking at other people through the same lens of fault finding and guilt establishing and demeaning and other mm-hmm. than and lesser than I it's, the, the, the people who can love unconditionally are only the people that have been loved unconditionally, period. Right? That's so good. this is this is a beautifully simple, horribly complex <laughs> truth <laughs> that, you're, that you're bringing today. <laughs> yes. So 
You know, I, I think this love your neighbor, the as yourself portion of that, Jim, is the missing piece when yeah. it comes to our mental and emotional health. Yes. I, I think it's 100%. the missing piece. We talk about loving God. We yep. talk about loving our neighbor. But this as yep. yourself piece gets ignored. And so the question is, maybe in some people's minds, well, how do I do that without becoming selfish? Right. Right. Without becoming a narcissist, how, how do I do that? Well, I want to talk about two things in, in 174 today, and then we'll pick up on a couple of others in 175. Uh, I think we start by practicing, I, and, I, and I mean start, yeah. by practicing healthy self-talk. Yes. Look, if we don't get that right, Jim, I don't think we'll succeed in becoming our own best friend. Yeah. Um, right. So I've told you this story many times. Uh, when I was working in the marketplace, getting to work after a very long commute, uh, only yeah. to pop open the trunk of my car and I don't have my PC with me. The problem is I work for an mm -hmm. IT company and pretty much without that, I was rendered useless that day. Right. And I was just frustrated <laughs> after fighting through an hour of rush hour traffic, getting to the destination. I wanted to get there early so that I could, <laughs> I could get work done. And I remember yeah, yelling out loud in the parking lot. Nobody else was around. I was yeah. the first one there. Yeah. I'm so stupid, but I yelled it at the top of my lungs because I was so frustrated. <laughs> and I remember I've only had a few of these moments in my life, Jim, yeah. where I actually felt frozen in place. Mm -hmm. And this was one of them because I sensed the Holy Spirit say to me, John, I'm not going to let you get away with that anymore. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful moment. Was, it was a beautiful moment. It was a life-changing moment. Yeah. And I was yeah. there. I don't know how long I was frozen in that spot. But I believe the Holy Spirit continued to say, when you do that, you damage yourself. You're hurting yourself. Yeah. And I'm I'm not going to let you do that anymore. I'm going to, that stops yeah. now. And, yeah. um, and, and I know this, that Here's the good news. I think that was about 18 years ago, Jim. I can count on one hand the number of times I've said something negative or damaging to myself. And it was so it wasn't hard to really change that behavior. It, it, and some of us were going to have to work really hard at it. But it was one of those God moments where there was transformation almost immediately. Um, look, nobody talks to you about you more than you do. Yeah, so yeah. be careful with the words you use. Mm -hmm. um, I believe yeah. this, that if I say damaging things to myself about myself, that God views that as sinful as if I would do that to you. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that, Jim? This whole area. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That, that thought, that thought of, again, the devil is there to kill, steal, destroy. So all the words that bring death, destruction, and, and theft, we know those aren't from God. We, we know where those come from. Right. So to embrace those and declare over ourselves with our own mouths words that steal from us and our true identity, destroy us, kill us, it's, it's insanity, right? I, I would never allow someone to speak to my child or now my grandchild the way that I would speak to myself and believe that it's okay. I, I would stop that person and say, don't you ever talk to that child again. And I, right. and I think that's what the Holy Spirit did in that moment was to say, to say, hey, don't you ever speak to my son like that again? And he was talking to his son about his son. Right. And I, 
that's that's good parenting is what that is and to, and to partner with that so it's not just god having to remind me it's me reminding me um that's right I, i'm frail I, i'm i'm frail i i have issues i i carry baggage with me you know i i we're well past christmas but the whole jacob marley you know scrooge you know with all the boxes and chains that's not me but i think i think everybody has some idea of our own frailties and failures but yes. why would you would you ever go to a party and point out to somebody their their frailties and failures? Would you ever, as as a pastor, as a coach, think that your job was to point out their their frailties and failures in a condemning way? These are the words of the devil. So all the devil yeah. needs is for a lie to be believed. I, from the Garden of Eden till now, all the devil yeah. needs is for a lie to be believed. We dare not believe the accusations of the enemy against their own soul, and we dare not quote them to ourselves. That's that's, right. that's contradictory to what God speaks over every man. Yeah, our words carry tremendous power. Yes. I think I've heard a sermon or two on that over yeah. the years. Um, if you've re read the book of Proverbs at all, you see the power of words being yeah. uh, uh, unfolded uh, over and over and over again. And, and you know what? I don't even, I need the Bible to understand that, but I really don't even need the Bible to understand that because I remember words spoken to me when I was a kid that were yeah, damaging. Good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I remember the encouraging ones too, but yeah. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not even close to that anymore. I'm way, way past that. And I still remember the impact of those words yeah. all those years ago. Listen, if you're watching or listening today, the words you say to yourself have huge impact. They're destiny shaping. And so we want you to understand the foundational importance of learning how to be kind to yourself and to treat yourself yeah. properly. That's that's yes. that's the first step to becoming your own best friend. Um, yeah, right on. Let me give you another one, Jim. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we'll we'll wrap it up here uh, in a few minutes. Becoming your own best friend, secondly, involves understanding the difference between self care and selfishness. Right, um, they're not the same. Selfishness happens when we believe we're you know the whole universe revolves around us. Um, yeah, s selfishness is self preoccupation. Yeah. Self-care is not that. Right. Self-care happens when we're intentional about nourishing our spirit, yes. our mind, yeah. Yeah. our emotions, right. our, our relationships. That's self-care. And the end goal of that self-care, that nourishing, is so that I can be a good friend to you. Yes. I, yes. I can be a, a good leader. I can I can be a better husband, a better right. father, a better yeah. papa. And yeah. and so they're not the same thing. And I think we get that mixed up. Do you do you agree with that, Jim, or am I overstating? Yeah, I no, I was thinking of the phrase, you know, that that selfishness is when I get what I want in spite of you. Like I you know what I mean? This is what I want. It doesn't matter. Self-care is what I get. Uh, because of you, I I, I want to be healthy because I'm your husband, I'm your father, I'm your grandfather, I'm your pastor. I want to have peace in my heart because I want to calm the storms in your life. I, I want to. I need time alone with God. I need time in the Word. I need time with 
with wise people. I need a counselor. I need a coach. I need a, not, not because I'm selfish. Not, I'm not getting a massage eight hours a day, you know, at the expense of others. I'm not spending my grandchildren's inheritance on, on yachts that I don't use and massages. And, you know, but, but it, honestly, I'd be a better, I'd be a better grandpa if I got a massage the day before, cause I'm loose now. I'm not a big, you know, not actually after they leave the day after they leave. That's why I need a massage. I think that's a better, better strategy. Again. Yeah. Cause I'm, my name is Jim, but they call me uh, jungle Jim. They clam all over me. You know, I'm, I am the playground set and I love it. So, but I think that's the difference is it's not, it's not, it's not thinking was that not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, I think was a Spurgeon quote, you know, just I'm, I do what I do because I'm responsible to my community to be the best version of me. And so if I don't sleep, if I don't eat well, if I don't exercise, if I don't have time with my spouse, if I don't spend time on the word, whatever, I, I cannot be the best version of myself that God has called me to be right. for my community, my church, my business, my family. That's so right. And, and the Apostle Paul understood this. He really, I mean, he really got this. In, in Acts uh, chapter 20, he's saying goodbye to this group of leaders from yeah. Ephesus. Yeah. And Paul spent a lot of time in Ephesus. These were right. really deep, uh, deeply forged relationships. Yeah. And he told them, he says, I'm never going to see you again. Yeah. And he gave them a, a set of instructions you know, kind of his final words to them. Yeah. And in there, in verse 28, he says, keep watch over yourselves yeah. and, and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. I, I think yes. the, I think the sequence of that is interesting, right? Yeah. He didn't say, keep watch over the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers and yourselves. Yeah. No, he said, keep watch over yourselves and the flock. Right. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time, you know, split, splitting hairs with that, but I do think the sequence is interesting. Yeah. And the, the phrase keep watch is one of those, it comes from a single Greek word, Jim, and it's just full of meaning. It means, mm. it means to attend to, to pay attention to, to right. devote thought and effort to. So Paul is mm. saying, I want you to pay attention to, to yourself and the flock. I want you to devote thought and effort. There's an intentionality there, right? Uh, yeah. To yourself and the flock. <clears throat> and then yeah. if that's not good enough for you, you, you go down into the New Testament a little further. And in Philippians, Paul says this, each of you, he didn't say, and I, I just, I think words matter in that he says, each of you, yeah. every yeah. last yeah. one of you, should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Yeah. And so there's this, this idea that self-care mm. uh, is only about, it's a mistaken idea, is only about yourself. It's only about care. No, 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 no. Mm. True self-care is being intentional about looking to your own interests, but also to, at the same time, the interests of others. So yes, becoming yeah. your own best friend, Jim, means caring about others while at the same time caring for yourself. It's not either or. Yeah. It's both and. And yeah. and and look, we we understand the rigor of leadership. We understand the rigor of pastoral leadership. And yeah. we care deeply about the health, the mental and emotional well-being of those that are in our under our umbrella of care, 
yeah. but also the hundreds of thousands who aren't under our umbrella of care. Yeah, We want you to be well. We want you to be healthy. Your spouse needs you to be healthy. Your kids need you to be healthy. Your church or your business needs you to be well. And you own that responsibility. You're, you're responsible for it. So yeah. listen, watch your self-talk. Yeah. Understand that self-care isn't the same thing as self-preoccupation right. or self-centeredness. It's not yeah. about what I want. You said this. It's more yeah. about what I need in order to serve you well and to serve you better. Right. Yeah. So, Jim, I think <clears throat> if leaders are serious about leading better, leading longer, and actually enjoying the journey Becoming their own best friend is 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 just yeah. foundational to that. So yeah. wrap us up, my friend. Well, I, I was I was thinking about words. Um, in the book of Genesis, God speaks words before the fall. So this is the only reason for words that I understand it. Words create, words um, bless, and words give identity. So mm-hmm. that's that's what we see in the Genesis account. God created the heavens of the earth, let there be, and words created. God blessed. The man, the woman, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And 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 God uh, creates this, this sense of identity, identity, blessing, and creation. So here, here's maybe a test for our listeners, our watchers. When you speak to yourself, are you creating what, what God has created? Are you blessing? And and are you establishing order with your words? Or is it because if it's not, then I know I know I don't have to smell the breath of the one who said it to know where it came from, right? I know that. You know, you're so stupid. God never said that to me, over me, or about me. That's yeah. that is not what God says. So if you're so stupid, you know, when you when you realize you forgot the the machine someplace else, yeah. you're we're we're declaring over ourselves something that I'm sure hell hurts us at a spiritual level, a physical level, and an emotional level. So God didn't say that. So I, I would say if, if you don't know what to say, say what God has said about you over yourself. Get in that habit, meditate on the word of God. Who am I? What did God make me to be? What's my purpose? What's God's role in my life today? And and I I think let me just ask this last question, and then we'll close it up, John. If you, now knowing what you know now, you open the trunk and the computer's not there. What's the right thing? Do you laugh in that moment? Do you cry in that moment? Do you say to God something that makes him smile? Do you, what do you what do you in that moment? What would you do today? I just I'm just curious. I I think I would say to myself. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? This Jesus, is... get back in the car. <laughs> we're, we're going back. <laughs> we got to go back. I guess I'm working from home today, back. you know, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's and that's that. So I think I think it would be a better response. Right on. Well, our listeners and watchers, I, I hope you're hearing the heart and the wisdom behind what John's teaching us today. And that's just. You, you were talking about being your best friend, but understand if you're not your best friend, you can actually be your own worst enemy. And right. and if we see anything as we talk to people, often we're we're just trying to talk them out of believed lies that are they're not biblically true. We don't see it in the person who's saying it. It's almost like we're trying to talk them back to the the beginning stages of what God has said to all mankind. So God loves you. He has a plan for your life. You're an important part of this. You are God's workmanship. You're created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for you to do. You are su- you are set up to succeed by your creator. 
And uh, today's going to be a good day if you let it. I know it's February. If you're in California, like, what's wrong with February? Like, stop. We don't want to hear about people in California. I don't even post anything. But up here in the frozen north, the tundra, as it's become known, man, we are we are going through the dog days of winter. And we're going to get there because God is going to lead us from here on. So thanks for listening today. Thanks for watching today. When, when we're done and we've said good night, Gracie, I want you to say three good things about yourself that Jesus himself will say amen to. So God bless you. Thanks for listening today. And we hope to talk to you and see you again real soon as you continue to lead from alignment.